Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Should have said all this in less because we don't mention this song. Do we? <laughs> <laughs> This week it's 30 straight wins as Celtic continue their rampant cup form as Lenny sees off his successor at Hibs. Duty continues as they put two past St Mirren and there's a new contract and a song for James Forrest. All this and more on the latest episode of 20 Minute Tips. This is 20 Minute Tim's episode 196 and I am joined by Melly. Yes. And Stephen. What is happening? Not an awful, well, an awful <laughs> lot actually if you're Paul Heckingbottom. He's uh, yeah. taking his last drive away from Hibs. Sacked. We obviously put the final nail in that coffin. Melly, you were at Hamden. How was it? Yeah, good day out at Hamden. It's starting to feel like a second home for the Hoops. It is starting to feel like a second home for the Hoops. Obviously, uh, you were doing Melly at the match for the patrons there. I don't know if uh, I don't know if the current listeners have signed up to that. Is there uh, any beers involved in that podcast? <laughs> so, we know uh, some <laughs> for more than others. <laughs> Gilly from the History Boys was uh, exuberant. <laughs> it was absolutely it made for absolutely sensational podcasting, Stephen. Yeah, that was a good fun. That was good fun to listen back to. Uh, if you couldn't make it yourself, why not listen to Melly at the Match featuring some three debauched drunkards? <laughs> <laughs> um, the game, Melly. It was a great day out for everyone of a Celtic persuasion, though. Absolutely murdered Hibs. Yep, and the half-five kick-off just sealed the deal for us. Could got you get used to that, eh? I could, I could. Got you in, into town early enough to have a wee pre-match bevy. Got you there for the game, and then out early enough to go for some more after. <laughs> I don't think Scottish football was built for this, no. <laughs> Claimed a few casualties, did it? <laughs> sure yeah. did. Um, if you don't know what melee the match is, and you think we're just randomly segueing into Melee's day on Sunday, Stephen, maybe you could explain to listeners what melee the match is. Yeah, melee the match is our reaction podcast, or rather our experience podcast. It's mm. a trip to Celtic Park with Martin Melly as your guide, but on this occasion it was at Hamden. That's the usual tagline, but it was a wee away trip for, for Melly over to the south side for our glorious national stadium for the semi-final against Hibs uh, and that can be found at patreon.com forward slash 20 minute Tims as well as a range of other podcasts that we host on there it was a busy week on the Patreon last week uh, I think in the past seven days we've had about six podcasts yeah, on yeah. the Patreon yeah. some in the region that another one was the tactics board myself and uh, a residence tactic expert Blair sat down to discuss Celtic's tactical approach in Europe and how that can I don't like expert, I prefer boffin. Boffin. Yeah, tactics boffin. Tactics beak. Tactics bod. Yes. (laughs) Me and the resident tactics bod Blair sat down and uh, discussed Celtic's tactical approach in Europe compared to that domestically. Um, And we also looked in focus at Celtic v Lazio and Celtic v Aberdeen. And those games happened to fall side by side, but from a tactical perspective, two great examples. Polar opposites, yeah. Um, Much to discuss. I mean, we talked quite a bit about it ourselves on the Monday Night Podcast, but Blair goes into quite a considerable amount more detail than us, um, that that being his his expertise. Yes. Um, yeah, another informative and accessible listen, James. Well done. Well, thanks very much. That's what I was aiming for. Um, those are just some of the podcasts that we have available on our Patreon, patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims, where you can support the podcast from less than like four quid a month, less oh, than the yeah. pint of an expensive beer, eh, and you get lots and lots and lots more of us. Um, two games to discuss this week, and you know when, when we have two games to discuss, one's excellent, one's miserable. <laughs> eh, I'd yeah. like to give you the choice. Would you like to discuss 
Celtic 5, Hibernian 2. Or would you like to discuss uh, beating St Mirren to nil? 5-2 you go for the 5-2 I've forgotten what the second option was there I was so bored in that <laughs> sentence so let's do the first one first um, Celtic progressed to the Betfred League Cup final uh, to play Rangers when it happens by pumping Hibernian 5-2 um, Melly as we discussed you were at it you recorded the Melly at the Match Reaction podcast what were your thoughts on the game? another scintillating display by the hoops again just going forward we looked like we'd take them apart at any opportunity Hibs played a part in that as well by being woefully open and terrible at the back beleaguered Hibs <laughs> going into this <laughs> they did not have a clue what they were doing at the back there was so much space out wide that we had Edward up front who just time and time again found space we tore them apart just a good, good day out for the hoops. I really enjoyed the game and starting to get get used to Hamden and feel as if we go, we win, and that's all that happens yeah. there now. Uh, Stephen Frimpong once again preferred to El Hamed Bauer not making the squad. If we were to say now at this point, first choice right back, it's it's getting quite close, isn't it, between El Hamed and I don't know Frimpong. Y- yeah, I think um, the thing with Frimpong is. The first time he played, it was like, oh wow, we've got this new signing. He's like, is he a dead young? He's this up and coming. He's a project. He's this and that. Right, there was that excitement. Then he came in. He scored his first goal against Aberdeen. Now we're a couple of weeks down the road from that, and it's, he's just he's just in there. He's just he, in he there. On, no, no, it's just he's in there on merit, and he just feels as if he's just part of the team. No, it's not. It's not some weird novelty where we're witnessing this new up and coming player. He just feels like he's sort of part of the furniture already. As far as first choice goes, I, I don't know about that. I think it's it's going to be. Hard Courses for courses, just like anything else, really. I don't think there will be such a thing. When we signed all these players, we did the scouting report podcast on all of them, and we talked about how there are going to be options for every game. There's going to be different options at fullback going into each game, and there's no, there's not really any reason to pick a first choice at the moment. But I think there are still games in which I would prefer El Hamid to to play. With Frimpong, Melly, I don't know if I've just got stars in my eyes about the whole thing, but he doesn't really give me any of the young player concerns. He's not shown any of that sort of young player inconsistency yet. And that's he, what I mean when I yeah. when I was saying that, yeah, sorry. I just said it better than you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's looked uh, he hasn't really put a foot wrong when you see him when we looked into him and thought maybe defensively he might be a bit suspect, but he hasn't been challenged and at the same time he's done everything right. He did say himself, look, I'm in the big boys league now, I'm playing professional football and for a guy that's played, what, four, is it four or five professional games yeah. just at Celtic, he just, as you say, Stephen, just looks like he's meant to be there. He's probably keeping El Hamid out of the team now and you can see why I said it before the game on Saturday. If this was St Mirren who I think are pretty much level on points with Hibs who are playing in the semi-final, we wouldn't be worried at all, but because it was Hibs, a team of a bit of tradition, a bit of history, a mm. decent team in the past, you had that wee bit of worry. But as soon as the game started, we just settled right into it. And as soon as we had our first chance, it was a bit, It was just a matter of time before we scored. I think, Stephen, I know what you're saying when you say there's some games that you would probably pick El Hamed for over him, and I'm probably looking to the Lazio away game. That seems like yeah, something you yeah. want. A, sometimes you just need a wee bit more experience yeah. on the pitch, someone that's been through it a bit more. Cut final, you'd probably put El Hamid in. Yeah, yeah. Hamid. Well, actually, I think that'd be a close call. I think that'd be a close call, El Hamid or... Um, yeah, maybe. So it's a fair bit away yet, but right now, if, if we're going strongest team, I'd be El Hamid in. And another shock from the lineup. Well, shock was uh, Rogic was in for Christie, something I didn't expect to happen, but... Worked out well, Christy with a slight knee injury. Yeah, I think Lennon said that, yeah. But I uh, didn't expect that before the game, but slotted him absolutely seamlessly. In four games Rogic has played in, four, four wins, and we've scored goals, plenty of goals in that time. So he's, he's another one that's just came in, done the trick, the team's flying, and so is every player right now. Whilst we're talking about the squad, suppose we should note Mikey Johnson make a return at the squad, Stephen? Yeah, first time for a while. I think he, doesn't, he hasn't played since... Um, the win at Ibrox at the early September. It's good to see him back because we do need options, as many options as possible, really. If, again, it's not a subject I want to delve into too deeply too, but if we just are willing to just forget Scott Sinclair now for the, for the, for well, the, the time being, well, anyway. I, I think, um, it's funny, I was thinking this watching the game, and we'll, no doubt we'll talk about Elian Roussey, but I think Elian Roussey's form has 
probably killed all questions of Scott yeah. Sinclair at the moment. At know? least for now. At least yeah. for now. He might come back at some point, Scott Sinclair, but for now he is not fancied at all. And if it's going to be Ilyunusi and one other, it's it's going to be Mikey Johnson. It's handy to have him back going into going into a key. It's always really busy at this time of year, going in November and especially December. It's good to have him back. Yeah, Johnson gives his options on both sides because yeah. uh, again James Forrest can't play every game if he's not having a great game Johnson can play either wing and I'd like I quite like to see him have a wee run down the right Lennon sort of put him more over to the left hand side this season but when he first came through he was on the right hand side yeah. so he gives his options either side and it means uh, Lewis Morgan doesn't get in the bench as well <laughs> it wasn't seen in this game obviously but it, it is just handy to have as many attacking options as you can have back as, as possible um, the referee brother Madden as <laughs> as we like to call him brother st- Baldy uh, went straight to work Celtic just don't get uh, handball penalties at Hamden do they? Nah, if, even if you look right at it you can have a wee blind eye here and there doesn't do you any harm I don't know how that one was missed though Stephen nah, ridiculous it's as stonewall of penalties you can possibly and as I say, Brother Madden was was staring directly at it. Quite what he's thinking there, I've absolutely no idea. Now, I know VAR and things like that in other countries and other leagues has kind of skewed things mm. a little bit this season, um, but we don't have it in this country. But all the different interpretations of the, the, the high bar and all that kind of thing for different interpretations of uh, VAR and handballs and all that, Every day of the week, that is a handball. <laughs> we, we should we should know this because we do a football podcast. But is the the handball rule changed recently? Where it's it's yeah. pretty draconian, is it not? Yeah, because essentially any time the ball plays your hand in the box, it is all but guaranteed to be a penalty nowadays. They've they've tried to remove all this stuff about. You know, unnatural positions and biomechanics and all that kind of thing. <laughs> that famous, famous yeah, phrase. They've tried to simplify it as much as possible and just saying, look, a handball is a handball, which may be unfair, but not on this occasion because the guy, he stuck his left arm completely out to the right. side. Now, whether he meant to handball it or not is completely irrelevant because he's stopped jumped. the ball. Yeah, he's jumped and he's tried to make himself bigger in order to block the ball with some part of his body and he stopped it dead. The ball just sunk straight down from it. That was that was pretty early on though. I can only think that Yeah, 15 minutes or something. Yeah. The, the referee thought, if I do this, it's going to kill the game already. Yeah. That's which really Mel shouldn't have thinking at all. No. If that if that happens one minute of the game, then it's a red card or a penalty and the guy's off. So it was um it was a mystifying decision there from yeah, Brother I, Madden. Uh, Mystifying to Brother Madden. That's a bit different to me and you, isn't it? Uh, well, you're probably right. You're probably but right. It's well, a, it's a, sorry, mate. It's a lack of decision, though, isn't it? It's just he's trying to get away with not seeing it. Yeah. He has chosen to not make a decision there and then. Because you're you're quite right, though. You've actually I've actually never thought about it that way. Yeah. It's a lot easier for a ref. See if a ref makes a bad decision, right? Mm-hmm. People are talking about it for weeks and months, and then it makes the press, and he ends up getting downgraded. Whatever happens to them? See if you don't make a decision, yeah, zero happens to you. No, no, at all. You, just you, I didn't see it. I know uh, it's ridiculous. And, and you get away with it. He's lucky that pretty much straight from that Aye. we got the opening goal. Celtic were just first couple of minutes. Hibs were Hibs were actually all right. They just shot a shot over. Forster had it covered the anyway. Hogan, yeah. I had Forster thinking about it, yeah. though, to be honest. He was backpedalling a wee bit. He did have it covered and it landed in the roof of the net, but it was a good effort. Yeah, and just Celtic, just after that, just seemed to get a stranglehold in the game. And again, the attacking players for Celtic, the three, three up top, Forrest, El Yanusi and Edward, it's just flooding the box with bodies. One of them's got it, the other two are in. You've got McGregor following up, Rogic in behind yeah. that as well. We just flooded them and Hibs didn't have a clue what they no. were doing. They were very narrow, which left space out wide. So the back four were so tight and we could just get down the outside and clip it across. And a great ball stood up to the back post. And El Yanusi, again, getting into that into the dangerous positions and getting the first header for the team as well. Ayer had had a chance just prior to this where it was eventually called back for offside, but it was... Again, as you're talking about, the Hibs defence was woeful. I, I just sort of strolled into the box and pulled off a header. He was he was marginally offside and the keeper put, pulled off a good save. I'd never seen that keeper before. It's usually Marciano, yeah. isn't it? Um, it but he was on the bench, so I don't know where they've pulled this new keeper for, from. He wasn't to cover himself in glory later in the game, but um, it was Celtic were threatening in the air pretty much from the word go. Neil said drew praise from Neil Lennon after the match. Neil Lennon saying he's starting to look like the £16 million player that Southampton paid all that money for. 
Seven goals, five assists and ten appearances. It took him a wee while to get off the mark, but he's no stopped in the last couple of games. His contribution is very, very valuable. Never doubted him. Never doubted him. My boy, as I said. <laughs> that I just I thought this is the type of player we'd see. I worried at the start of the season with sort of freezing out Scott Sinclair where we were losing a lot of goals from the team, even though he didn't contribute all the time. But El Yunus stepped in and I hoped he could take that that man on and he's he's done that. He's been absolutely brilliant. He's uh he's just so forward thinking. He's always in the dangerous positions and the amount of work he does as well. And when he's getting into these positions, he's guaranteeing you goals now. He's he's yeah. basically another striker when it comes to that position. He just looks top class. It's no exaggeration to say now that he is in such good form. He looks like scoring basically every time yeah. he's got the ball now. It's it's Sinclair's a, a good comparison because his contribution at this moment, just in the last month or so is up there. It's getting towards like Scott Sinclair first season stuff. Where look at he, this, Scott Sinclair scoring his first six, yeah, seven yeah, or eight games or something. He, he is that dangerous. Just denied a hat trick on a couple of occasions. Denied a hat trick in this game, and he definitely deserved it. He had hit the post later on, and uh, there was one where Celtic broke through, and Edward just just couldn't get it through to him and he was clean through as well and on another day he could have had could have had a hat trick and he absolutely deserved it. I think he was man of the match in this. El Yunusi has been a sensational signing so far. Is he's gonna go on to be probably the best loan signing since Paddy Robertson oh, probably why did you <laughs> <laughs> a knife through the heart like there's not much to be fair. Did you hear the angst in his voice there, fair. listener? What is the what's the what's the competition? Musonda, Musonda, right? right. right okay. <laughs> Musonda, Benkovic, Toyan, Toyan. Hi, there you go. Right, so um, damned with faint praise. <laughs> That's just going to leave another hole in the heart again yeah. at the end of the season. But Do you think we've got any chance? Uh, I think we might. A guy like that being frozen out for that long, going back to Southampton. No, thank you. And. Maybe if we could get him for eight nine million, if I don't even think it would take that much. God oh, for, I God mean, it depends for, what positions they have. Them. They, they seem to be in a pretty sticky wicket. Yeah, at the moment. you worry if they go down, they'll want to hold on to him and Foster going yeah. into the championship. But hopefully, they stay up and they think they can do better. But for him, he's playing in a team that's competing for trophies. He's playing and he's scoring goals and he's loved and. That's a lot. Look what it done for Scott Sinclair when he was first here. It's a it's a good way to look at it. He's yeah. still a very good age as well. If we've got any chance of getting him, I was going to say if we sell Edward, we, there's money there. But we've got fifty million in the banks. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I don't know what it would take to get out. You know, see, I don't want to get too carried away with it just now because. I'm away. <laughs> I feel like we'll <laughs> we'll do this every week now until the end of his contract, and then even it'll be the new. Again, the new Paddy Roberts in that regard as well. The new Craig Bellamy, but after he leaves Celtic, he'll just be like, oh, when are we getting back? We need to break the bank to get him back and we'll do it to ourselves for five seasons. But I'm home. Yeah, exactly. But no, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted with his, his performances so far. He's, he's been a breath of fresh air and long may it continue. I just can't wait till the first time he gets a hold of the Huns. Oh, him against Tavernier. And no, exactly. And That's not, what that, I'm thinking. That'll be, yeah. that, that'll be, that'll be delicious. Really. <laughs> <laughs> um five-year deal he's got at Southampton and he signed it in 2018 so yeah, yeah. He's, he's nowhere near the end of that um, second goal McGregor yep getting into the box Stephen you called for it earlier in the season we want to see him get more goals yes. and seems to be a lot more forward thinking in the past few it's probably is because Hibs are dreadful and when you look at the midfield he's up against Marlon and Scott Allen they're no tracking runners are they yeah, so no. he's probably got the freedom in the pitch and again uh, Edward Offside yeah, He's offside yeah, he is. Uh, It was a hard one When you see it When you see the still picture It's not hard But when you see it In open play Again Julian Very underrated That ball That switch from the back He's done that A good few times recently His range of passing Has been brilliant And Edward He doesn't score in this game But he was absolutely brilliant yeah. well, It's almost identical To the goal Against Ross County From a yeah. couple of weeks ago He just pinged it over And that's when the guy Tried to head it When it was six inches Off the ground And Edward just Skipped through And got it in It was in. him that played it Up to Frimpong And then Frimpong yeah. Played the one-two With Edward And well, Edward He didn't score But again he's getting Assist the Aberdeen game He gets an assist This game He's just as you said, Akalisa, he's looking too good for this country. Yeah. He's absolutely brilliant. The, Some the, of the footwork, the skills, sure. the footwork. They don't know how to deal with him. And Hibbs' defence is bad enough, but coming up against a guy like that and that just lays it in a plate for McGregor. And it, there's nothing they can do about it. Your favourite, Stephen? Cut backs and tap-ins, That's Ed, it. Edward's <laughs> progress this season, I, I mean, has been nothing short of pretty remarkable. Like Staggering. this is this is the the player we thought we were buying when we 
we took him on loan and we bought the nine million pounds. You know, oh, yeah. This, yeah. He's, he's really fulfilling his potential now. And it's everything. It's his whole game. His link up play. His hold up play. He's scoring headers now. He's becoming the complete player. And looking back to it, look. I was brainwashed by Brendan Rodgers, but see the... Weren't we all, Melly? Yes. We still remember that podcast, <laughs> yeah. that he will never leave Celtic podcast <laughs> one day before he leaves Celtic. Uh, <laughs> but when you look at the the goals we're scoring right now and the types of goals, Edward's buying them in. El Yunusi, Forrest, Christie, Rogic has come in the team, McGregor's scoring. We've got goals from everywhere and it's all different types of goals as well. Headers, long range, people getting in from wide, James Forrest cutting in, Aggressive, Scott Brown scoring direct high volume football that scoring is what it from is. corners as well and just the amount of chances we're creating the thing with Rodgers was it was all so patient we never played that tried that ball unless yeah. it was definitely on well then we try that and it always gets the crowd going if you nearly create a chance it's better than not creating a chance for me because it'll get the crowd going but in this game we just look like we could score every attack Edward is absolutely vital at the moment oh. his, his form is unbelievable even as we say even when he's not scoring he's creating all sorts and I, I hate to terrify everyone again but if anything happens to that guy anytime soon no, we're already lost bio right yeah. whether that's a good or bad thing is still up for debate mm. but there's, <laughs> there, there is nothing, nothing else right um, Edward and I, I feel like I, every time I mention this I'm like trying to it's almost like I'm trying to jinx the guy by constantly talking about you this. Get handed with the whole time. <laughs> this this uh, non-injury he might pick up, but I, I just worry about it because it's yeah. Obviously, if Griffiths comes back in, it's because there's nobody else. Yes, even if Griffiths comes back in, who's Griffiths is a very good player and he can get he can score goals, but it's the amount of linking everything together that Edward does. He's would would Griffiths. I don't mean to single out Griffiths, but he is the only other option, right? Would he have laid on those goals for McGregor and Elliot? I doubt you it. See the point you make about the sort of laying on and the work yeah. and all that and off the ball. That's why I think the way Celtic playing just now is I'm I'd be more inclined to say that Ryan Christie is probably more suited to being the second striker than than Lee Griffiths if you want to continue playing the way Celtic are playing. Yeah, there's, a, there's a, an argument to be had. Well, Not many times I agree with you, Jamie, <laughs> this is one of them. There's, there's certainly an argument to be had, and, you, and you're absolutely right, because I just don't think um, Griffiths is the, as many as the assets and um, attributes he has, link-up play isn't isn't one of them and never really has been I don't see when you say link up play about Odson Edward link up play is one of those things that sounds like you're just saying it because it's an attribute that you hear about strikers and you can't really think of anything else mm. it's like reads the game well but link up play is an absolute key element of Edward's game and it's El Yunusi and James Forrest and McGregor as we saw they're all benefiting from this he's making everyone better round about him do you remember the the Bugge, the Majid Bugera? Huns game versus Robbie Keane. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, 80 fouls. Yeah. Uh, to that, this point, I had managed to forget it, but yes, I can remember. Del- happy to be of service. <laughs> um, I think that's the sort of that's the sort of thing we're going to see next time we come mm. up against the Huns with, with Edward up yeah. front because they'll just... I mean, it's very difficult for them because in many ways that Robbie Keane match was like he was the only one that was ever likely to score against them whereas oh, Huns God have got, got to protect themselves <laughs> with four or five fronts here. But with us being... Um, with having just Edward, as you say, nothing else really behind him. Plus, I, can, I can really see him getting targeted by lesser teams. Yeah, he will get targeted, and it will be the next game will be at Hamden, so it'll be it'll be even the fans, so there won't be screeching. So screeching, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Every week you pull an word out the bag, and I've no idea where you get it. From. <laughs> whatever referee, whether they be beaten or Madden or whatever hun they pick, they're going to let them away with plenty before they get booked. So. We'll We'll need to be on a guard. Let's talk about Hibs for a wee bit. Hibs managed to score um, here. Sorry, you mean beleaguered Hibs? Beleaguered yes. Hibs, yeah. Um, and their now sacked manager, um, Paul no, lo- no longer Paul second bottom then? No, no, they sacked him when he was third from bottom. Right, so okay. he actually improved the club's league position <laughs> and then got binned. <laughs> Mila, you sort of said it to begin with. Hibs, especially at the back, looked very, very disorganised. Um, they had Dodge leading the line, who... I don't know what the issue is with Florian Camberry, but he seems to be a, a huffy puppy. And yep. I was going to say that, I think it you're might going be... Say, you're going to say huffy puppy? Yeah, I was going well. to say huffy puffy, <laughs> huffy puppy, uh, as remarkable as that seems. Uh, I, I, I can really get why they're not playing Camberry, because he, like, guys in the Hib squad, like Slivka and Boyle, and all that, he's got a 
fairly decent proven record against Celtic, maybe three or four goals in the past, and he, he was the score again today. I couldn't really understand why he wasn't playing, but it must be something to do with his attitude. I don't know if he's been looking to leave Hibs for, for a while now, um, but Doidge... His game was done in the first two minutes when he got booked for the yeah, elbow, elbow and Julian, and that Celtic have struggled against uh, Dykes, um, Livingston and Ikpiezu in the past. Maybe mm. that was the thinking behind Doigan. Doigan sort of created the goal for Hibs when we drew, which makes that result look even more ridiculous now that we didn't beat them at Easter Road. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Doig's game was, was done in the first two minutes because he can't throw himself about then yeah. after getting booked for the Julian you think? Well, he didn't look look at Julian the way Defoe yeah. did it, whoever he elbowed it the weekend. But This is for an elbow, and just in case mm. you don't know what we're talking about here, there was a slight kind of... I think he kind of led with the arm rather than elbowed. I know, um, listen to the commentary back, Chris Sutton uh, sort of defended him a bit. Uh, you would, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you would think that was soft. <laughs> a favourite of old, old evil geniuses. Hibs were helped in no small part. An assist by a balling goalie. <laughs> Um, he was, it was, he was just desperately unlucky. He stuck a foot in and just got too much on the ball, and it played the boy right through. Um, I quite liked how he, he flagged offside for yeah, his own yeah, assist. Yeah, flagged offside for his Claim own, for it all. His own Claim pass. For it all. Definitely, uh, that's that's a Rangers trick from the nineties. That if the ball hits the back of the net, arm goes up. Uh, may as well just see what, <laughs> try and see what you can get. Uh, uh, very, very unlucky there. I think bowling goalie um, was was good again. I thought, um, but some of his passing is diabolical at times. But and it's not just that. Julian is very good at long passes, but it's Bolingoli's just short yeah. passing. It's sometimes, Three or four yard passes, yeah. he sometimes just can't make them. He gets himself in such good positions and makes. He's actually a very skillful footballer as well. He's lovely in tight areas, but some of his short passing is brutal. I don't want to single him out for this because I don't want to come across like I thought he was poor. It's just if he's still frustrating with bringing to an end some attacking moves were just really quite poor inside passes but it's, it's a small issue but this pass was perfect that's what I was about to say <laughs> redeemed himself here with the, playing this boy through, this boy through. Um, Hibbs got that goal 2-1 it's kind of out of nothing it yeah. was just a ball launched in it was a sort of second phase that comes through to him but wasn't worried wasn't nah, worried no. in the slightest because they hadn't really posed any problems and as I said, every time we went forward, we score. It just felt like, I oh, see if we get another one before half time, we'll be fine. And it's exactly what we did. Just yeah, ripped yeah. them apart again, and it was easy. Edward again, just going in between the defender and the right back again. The defence so narrow, but not tight to MD. Edward goes down, cut back, and there he is again. If it's not Elianusi setting up Edward, it's Edward yeah. setting up Elianusi. Just switched roles for a second. It's so hard to defend that, but. Do you know what they should do? Man mark everyone because <laughs> then that mark. wouldn't happen. Now, once again, brilliant from Edward. Just the wee, the wee acceleration towards the defence just has them totally panicking. And eventually, when he cuts, he replicated basically his cutback for McGregor this time for El Gunusi. Now, I think it was James Hibbs, um, right Hibbs player. Yeah. yeah, he two-handed shoves Edward just as he's playing the ball, and he tries to knock him off balance, which he eventually does. But Edward is sort of half spinning in the air and still plays the cut back across, and it's perfect again. He could have, he could have shot from there. He could, yeah. he probably could have bent it himself, but so unselfish, just puts it right on a plate for El Unice. There you go, mate. Three one happens. Yep, and that goal was scored because of old elbows. They added time for that, so Hibs get oh, right, come yeah. up in there. Um, I think the the Hampton pitch, especially when it's it's a bit wet and there's a bit of, a bit of water on the surface. It really suits Celtic. See some of the stuff we were playing. The oh, way was we were, The way we were pinging the ball about, the pace that the ball was moving, they they couldn't keep up. And a lot of people are saying, well, maybe it's the bigger Hampton pitch. You know, mm. had a look. The Hamden pitch actually is exactly the same size as the Celtic Park pitch. Is it? Aye, right. aye. Just so, because of the track round it, feels yeah. like you're further away in it. Um, so we went in at half time, 3 1 up. Um, as you said, Melly, no risk, no danger. It didn't, it didn't, Celtic didn't seem under pressure or threatened at any point, really. Hence why Johnny Hayes comes back. <laughs> Enter the man. <laughs> uh, see, uh, beleaguered Hibs in this game. Mm. <laughs> I did have some sympathy with them and with the manager at points in this game because their fans were, at this point, no, Hiking Bottom clearly hadn't been sacked by this point and it just has. They, it was clearly the final straw. You wouldn't be this angry being out, hugely outplayed by a 
free flowing like dominant Celtic team normally. It's just that they've been pissed up until this point, yeah. and the, the fans had seen enough. Yeah, because I thought to myself that it was awful harsh to be getting quite as on the manager's case. Do you I think th- so? Yeah, I it's think just it because fair. it's just because I thought Celtic were so good was the, was the only thing I just thought. Did look abject though. Look yeah, at the that, three that goals. Was, you know, the three goals are all the exact same. Crosses it will cut across a cutback, a cutback in the six yard box, and there's a guy there free to score. It's yep, and I will basic. finish that uh, <laughs> thought I was forming by saying until I realised that the Hibs were contributing to their own downfall yeah. in this as well. It was, it was pathetic defending. I, I quite enjoyed the battle between Allen and Brown in the midfield. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. I I just like that kind of thing anyway. That midfield midfielders sort of mutual respecting each other but also leaving a wee bit on each other at the same time there was a handshake at the end and a big hug and all that but they were going right at it see that one is I did watch that one with interest um, the same as I watched it when we played against Hibs because Scott Allen must really feel he's got a point to prove against us he would yeah he must really feel he's got a point to prove and it is quite good because there does seem to be a bit of camaraderie between him and Brown when they both came off the pitch like right a good old battle a good old (laughs) ding dong battle um, Scott uh, Brown obviously still got the better of it. I did I? And Alan diving again. Yeah, yeah. he's he's not missed. No, so he's not missed. Um, as you said, Stephen, forty-five minutes halftime saw the arrival of trusted lieutenant Johnny Hayes. Um, we also saw Flo Camberry as Paul Hickingbottom admitted his uh, his error in his lineup yeah. initially. You would think Brown. Not only did he get the better of Scott Allen, he managed to get himself on the score sheet. Not once, but twice. <laughs> and um, secured a brace. And you were right in the group chat, Stephen. With what, the first brace since when? Two thousand December two thousand fourteen against St Mirren. Yeah, this see the knowledge you just keep at the top of your head. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know what you would Google to find that no. so quickly. Basically, as soon as the ball hit the back of the net, the second he's right in the group chat. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't score braces. It doesn't secure braces um, very often. Scott Brown, but it's actually he scored a brace on his third ever appearance in professional football. Right. Which was in 2003. Do you know what number one was the day he scored his first brace in professional football? Now it was May 2003. Mm, Cotton Eye Joe. No. (laughs) (laughs) Britney Spears. No, it was Ignition by now disgraced. Oh, your favourite? Disgraced R&B giant R. Kelly. That really hit me hard. Ignition? Ignition remix? Yes. That, That really hit me hard because... Basically, it's my number one karaoke go-to <laughs> is, is Ignition. And now I can't sing That's it. It's problematic, mate. You can. Uh, do you think you can separate the man from the art? I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the second half, Celtic were extremely good again for the, the start of the second half. It could have been it could have been more, I think, Forrest at the post via a deflection. El Unusi at the post, of course. Um, the one I mentioned earlier could have sealed his hat trick. Forrest was choking for a goal. Shouldn't I know. It could have been more if he had to just laid it on. Boggredy. Oh, mate. Better options about. But Celtic did come out the second half and it was just more of the same. That we get the goal eventually and Scott Brown is from a corner. Goalkeeper, absolutely dreadful. But El Unusi's delivery was good. Keeper drops it, but Scott Brown's there. Lovely to see him scoring for a guy that was an injury doubt before the game. He come in and Elianusi gets man of the match at the stadium, but Scott Brown was absolutely brilliant. Oh, yeah. Him and McGregor and Elianusi, Edward as well, just absolutely brilliant for the whole 90 minutes. And we see it in Scott Brown's second goal, but he didn't stop the whole game. No. When Brown scores that, it's party time. The whole place <laughs> yeah. was going, it was brilliant. It was just great to see. We did have three quarters of the stadium anyway. Yeah. You can feel sorry for Hibs, not with that support. Pretty no, pathetic. They tickets back, didn't they? Loads of them. Dreadful. Uh, Scott did, Brown gets... Did they do that? For, at least they didn't do what Aberdeen do, though. And fight, fight, fight for half. <laughs> That's right. Get half. Don't sell half and then try and give half back. But you kind of give half back because the seats are scattered all over the place. Dismal. Dismal. <laughs> I like the show they, they put on for the League Cup, the old ECDC before it. Now. Metallica as well. Yeah. Done there, yeah. It, was, uh, it was good. Get the fireworks going, but... Once we get that fourth goal, we thought that's it, plain sailing from here on in. But Hibs went straight up the pitch and pretty much got themselves back into the game. And again, they scored, but 
Celtic fans were still singing and dancing. <laughs> it, it was, was if, uh, it doesn't matter. We'll just go and score another one. But it was a it was a poor goal again to lose. It was just a flighted ball into the box, and Camberry loses his man. Decent enough header, but we should be defending that better. Yeah, I think it was Ayer who ended up closest to him. He ended up kind of arriving on the scene just as he was already glancing it into the net. I don't think the defending was particularly great there. Jules um, wasn't happy. No, no, not at all. Um, it's certainly not. It's it's no ideal to be conceding those. I don't think Foster was particularly happy about that either. He couldn't have done anything. It was a great header, in mm. fairness to him. Yeah. I don't think he Foster could have done anything about it. It was right in the bottom corner, glanced across. Uh, just a wee nod to, to Bruni's finish for his first goal, though, after the knee. Was, that, was it the knee? Or? Kneed it in for about two yards after the keeper keeper fumbled uh, the corner. Um, but then, I, I mean, there was a point in this game, probably after Hibbs scored this one, after Kimberry, where Celtic looked a little bit... I don't rattled the wrong word and sloppy. Yeah, sloppy's better because there was a maybe a ten minute period which seems longer when mm. when it's actually happening. But when you actually watch the game back, you're like, oh, we're never really in that much danger. It kind of reminded me of the time, maybe it, less intense. But remember Astana where it was all falling apart a wee bit and they were scoring, but. Really, if you allow yourself a step back from it, Celtic were never in any danger of yeah. going out. They were still had, still had a massive, massive numerical advantage despite what was happening on the pitch. It reminded me a wee bit of that. It seemed like it was quite shaky for a time, but it, re- it really well, wasn't. Hibs sort of changed shape, didn't they? A wee bit, and Celtic needed to adjust to that. Yeah, they did. Hibs got got four two, but at the back of your head you think they're not going to win 5-4 so it's alright but Neil Lennon again he didn't wait about he brought on El Hamid went to the back three again from from Pong went to the wing back Johnny Hayes left wing back and El Yunusi went up front with uh, Edward and it's just 3-5-2 Forrest came off and a minute or so after that, Hibs had a chance. They played, they, I think it was Malin had a volley yeah. over. It's a decent effort, but it was always rising. But after that, we just settled right in it, kept was, the ball. There was one with Doidge as well, where it went right across the six-yard box and he was maybe about six inches away from sliding it in. At that point, it, it could have gone to 4-3. It could have, they were close to getting it to 4-3 and that would have given you something to think about the, with the rest of the game. But it didn't. And it was, it was just a very brief spell where Celtic had to, as you say, had the word you used, adjust. Celtic had to do that, and they eventually did. It was all, an all too brief for Hibbs moment of. Again, I'm struggling to find a word to describe it. It wasn't, it wasn't dominance. It was just sort of they were just taking part in the game. Aye, okay, sorry. <laughs> participation. Yeah, aye, yeah, there you go. There you go. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was a strong, fleeting period of participation <laughs> for, for Hibs in the tie. As Alan Pardew once says, they played their part. <laughs> they, they, they played their part for ten minutes. Um, as you said, Melly, they weren't going to win five four. No. Um, Celtic still had a goal to score. That man again, Scott Brown, sealed the brace. What a run driving through midfield. Caught them on the break and with El, El, El Unice going up top with Edward, looked pretty deadly up there. Some yeah. good link up with they two. And that, the defence didn't know what to do with them and Scott Brown going through. And, uh, El Unice on a hat-trick. Some, some boy for putting Scott Brown through. A lot of players would have taken the shot on there himself but lays it into Scott Brown. Decent shot. Fair enough, a good save and then puts home the rebound. You've like, we talked about it last week. This guy's not just rolling back the years. He's just a really, really good <laughs> yeah, player. Yeah. <laughs> from To go from an injury doubt to be late in the game, bursting through and getting in there, and it's absolutely nothing to the guy. His engine's unbelievable. A nice pass from Brown as well to get it through to El Yunus yeah. in the first place. A wee lift, loft over the top and El Yunus took it down and gave it, gave it back to him. I think El Yunus started the break in the first place as well, so it was really just the two of them the entire way up the pitch. So, yeah, Brown, just, El Yunus is just... Class. Yeah, yeah, yes, it's just class. Um, it, we're running out of ways. You know, we talk about it on this podcast all the time where you, you struggle to talk about a player who's in such great form because you end up just repeating yourself. But he is, he's back up all these new words for you. Yeah. <laughs> the thesaurus you're going home and reading every night. Uh, I, I say, as I say, he basically sealed his man in the match performance with that, that great assist for Brown. And Brown, um, as I say, he doesn't get many goals. I think these are the first two of the season for him. So, Good to see him getting on the score sheet, and again, he just enjoyed it. He enjoyed his performance. I think he he relishes that kind of thing against a a willing combatant in the middle with Scott Allen as well, and to top it off with a couple of goals, perfect. Celtic are getting goals really from all over the pitch yeah. now. You know, we do say we rely heavily on Edward, but just looking 
at the moment you've got Christie, Edward, Forrest, Elianusi is now starting to come in a bit of form. I mean, Callum McGregor's chipped in with a few here. There's goals coming from all over the place with Celtic at yeah. the moment, isn't there? Yeah, even from defence, Julian recently, yeah, that's Frimpong right. against Aberdeen. We're just deadly going forward. And look, the Hibs, Hibs were two sloppy goals, but bar that, they didn't. They had one or two chances, but you never thought the defence looked shaky no. in the slightest. No. We just look like a really good team right now. and it bodes well because coming up there's a few few good games but going into December we have got a lot of winnable games in there and a cup final so if we can get a couple of players back fit keep this crop of players fit because if you were to say look El Hamid and Christie will come out and you still score five goals is some going for the team no matter what we've seen Ryan Christie come out and we're worried beat Aberdeen 4-0, we beat Ross County 6-0 without him, and now we've just scored five against Hibs. At the start of the season, you couldn't have pictured a Celtic team without Ryan Christie, but no matter who comes in, they just slot in, and Rogic, he didn't get involved in any goals, but some of his, his link-up play where he picks the ball up yeah. in that hole, and he can spray it to either side. We're very good now at getting the ball on one side of the pitch and just switching it right to the other because it's a very good weapon to use. I really like that from Rogic where he picks the ball up in the sort of inside right position and he'll just take a wee half turn, bounce a defender off his back and then just switch it out to the left side whether it's ball and goalie or whether it's Edward or whoever's out there. He'll more than likely find him. I thought he worked really hard as well yeah. on Saturday. So Celtic progressed to the final where they will play Rangers. Rangers played Hearts. Obviously Craig Levine wasn't in the dugout. Farewell Scotland's speckiest villain. Uh, he's, yeah, he's no sure. longer with us good old laugh Craig Levine <laughs> the, the thing about it is regrets right? no see if you're going to be a bam up merchant right like Mourinho was a bit of a bam up merchant be good at your job <laughs> yeah, there's no point being a bam up merchant and being crappy at job so Craig Levine has what he done was a master stroke he brought in Ian Cathro mm-hmm. who had a pretty poor record yeah so he sacked him, gave himself the job, had a worse record than Ian <laughs> Cathro, uh, and then he's basically forced Anne Budge to sack him. And I thought it was quite interesting reading that even though he's sacked and he's not director of football and he's not on garden and leave, he's still going to work at Hearts. <sighs> so he's kind of just going to come in and he's like casual gear and float about and people are going to awkwardly look at him. And what has he got on her? He's, he's got something on, on Anne Budge well, To be honest I suspect maybe she has just got no idea how to run a football club <laughs> And she Sorry. needs somebody in, a, in there to help her I wonder if he's got back Do you know who your next manager should be? Like no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I just thought that Craig look you're making this awkward <laughs> um, So the two Edinburgh clubs find themselves looking for new managers I will miss Levine though I have to say I do have a, a grudging respect for his his patter Shithousery as they call yeah, it his Shithousery exactly yeah. He could pull the odd result Every once in a while as well. Does four one, didn't he? Yeah, he he drew with Rangers recently as well. But I just with Heckenbottom, I just never get the feeling he was going Mm. to. He did get a draw against Celtic, to be fair, but just didn't ever seem like it was going to work out. Well, they beat them uh, Celtic two 0 at the end of last season as well. That's right. So that was that. That's the exciting game. It was that. Yeah, 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 that (laughs) that was that. Uh, Next up, Saint Mirren two 0 about as run of the mill as they come. Yeah, well, we've already mentioned them because that well, was. We need the, to spice it up. Yeah. <laughs> that so was the last spicy. time Scott Brown scored a brace was against St Mirren in 2014. Now, St Mirren and Celtic have played many times since then, but St Mirren have only scored once. They've only, <laughs> they've only scored one goal since that day. That was 4 1. And do you know who scored the only goal? Um, it's on the tip of your tongue, Harry Davis. That's oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, Celtic have played St Mirren 23 times this decade, so since the start of 2010, right. the the decade that has no name. That's going to be really annoying. Oh, it's not de- the noughties, isn't uh, it? It's going yeah. to be a really annoying um, in decades to come because it doesn't have a name and there's not going to be any way to talk about Celtic's dominance like, in this decade because everyone knows like, about the you 90s. you want to give it a name right now? Yes. Uh, sh- the tennies. The tennies, right, okay. So, Celtic have played St Mirren 23 times in the tennies. Right. The first was St Mirren 4, Celtic 0. Oh, under Tony was that the first yeah, one that of was the, the tennies, was it? That was in 2010. Since then, though, it's an aggregate score of Celtic 55, mm-hmm. St Mirren 8. How many of those 8 goals have been scored by Big Stevie Thompson? Uh, at least a couple in there, yeah. Definitely. Always, always curious why they called him Big Stevie Thompson. He's built a bit like a rake and I think he might be 5'9". He's, <laughs> he's not really an imposing figure in any way. Um, 
in this game I suppose that we could talk about Greg Taylor making his long awaited yeah. debut yeah. we took to social media after it to say that he's waited a long time for that you think it's been a frustrating time for him at Celtic Stephen? Yeah probably I think um, he said after the game as well that uh, I think Lennon had told him the day before he was going to be playing so um, wasn't too much time to prepare for it but it's obviously obviously exciting for him because it has been has been a long time coming to the point where we had maybe even speculated on here not speculated but wondered what, what was going on with it because it just hadn't featured at all, and it's. I know it was the obligatory WhatsApp rumours as well, which <laughs> I surprisingly that. turned out to be total rubbish. <laughs> no, it was good to see him finally uh, come in and dispel all this pish about how he'd fallen out with everybody and etc. Um, I thought he was good in the game. I yep. thought he was um, perfectly fine. Got got involved in an attacking sense, and uh, he had a he had a chance to score as well. He had yep. a, a shot from distance. Wasn't really. It didn't really bother too much but uh, it's, good, it's good to see him in because again I feel like uh, I say it all the time but can't have too many good players in your arsenal um, that's not a reference to Kieran Tierney <laughs> <laughs> but um, no it's, um, it's good to have options because we've got plenty at right back and on the other side it was really just bowling goalie who took his uh-huh. time yeah, well I was going to say who took his time to settle and the, the Swiss Army knife Johnny Hayes who We've let off with it in the, the cup semi final there, but dogby. yeah, he was terrible. <laughs> I know people are, are very keen to to move on from the morning about Johnny Hayes, but on Mel at the match, having listened to it back, um, Tony used a Tony who was your guest on Mel at the match used a phrase that I, I thought fitted quite well. That it's just he's getting too much game time. Yep, I hadn't really thought Johnny about Hayes. it. I thought yeah, just yep. too much game oh, time for sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Swiss Army knives, Stephen uh, Moritz Bauer was it right back the yeah. Austrian. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He's waiting on one of you creatures. <laughs> Morris Bauer is um, he's found himself yeah kind of well down the pecking order already just for the emergence of, of Frimpong. But it, it, there's always going to be opportunities for these guys. There's going to be opportunities for basically everyone in the squad to mm. at least feature some somewhat. And this was a, a chance for him to come in. Morris Bauer is he's he's okay. He's a decent enough player. I don't think he's going to really trouble the Celtic team that much now that we've got two I was probably better options. But, but I'm happy to have him around. It was a it was a signing that made sense. It's not a case of he's not a Jeremy Toljan who's come in and he's not been good enough and he's he's gone away because when Jeremy Toljan came in it was an emergency mm. because we didn't have a right back who would make a mistake who'd struggle all season and uh, Toljan was supposed to come in and fix that and he didn't at all. I've seen days yeah. last season <laughs> So he's not one of those signings. I'm happy to have Bauer along for the ride. Um, it, it did make sense at the if, time to bring him in. If it wasn't for the emergence of Bauer and if El Hamid was... Sorry, if it wasn't for the emergence of Frimpong and El yeah. Hamid wasn't doing so well, I think we'd think we've got a pretty decent right back. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It just so happens that we've got really, really good yeah. options. There. And, that, and that's what I'm getting at. He's been forced further down the line now because of excellent performances rather than you know the, the Tolian case where he just simply wasn't good enough. Did you see... Uh, the Celtic Park uh, Halloween video where oh, Jed Cotlin cut about and, and, and nobody was getting nobody was getting fright. I, I want to know why they bought the mask because mm. they've got Johnny Hayes there who looks like the leprechaun. <laughs> Just stick him in the shoes and have him chase chase El Hamid about the place. <laughs> but that's an aside. On the fullbacks, I thought. Uh, thanks, Melly. I'll bring it back. <laughs> I thought Bauer. He's maybe under a bit of pressure now because from Hong has emerged and looks great. He found himself further back. He just I didn't really do anything for mm. me to say ah, he should be ahead of either two. But on the other side, Greg Taylor thought first half he was probably our best player. The first mm. half was it's the least good we've played in a long time. Looks at Marin came into this game, they don't they only scored five goals in the league yeah. all season. But they're tight defensively, they mostly let in and again was 2-0, uh, two goals. So 2-0 was probably the fair scoreline. But I thought Taylor was more of the fullback I'd want to see. He, he stayed very wide and he went on the outside time and time again. And I think that's a better weapon than bowling goalie. So um, if he sticks with that performance and improves on it, I think by the end of the season he could possibly be the first choice left back. Don't know how bad bowling goalie's hamstring is. We might need Taylor <laughs> yeah, during the week against Lazio. But... I thought he looked more willing to go on the outside and that's something Bowling Goal has been a bit hesitant to do and he did get a few cutbacks that 
maybe a poacher in there would have scored, but we just didn't get yeah. the breakthrough first half. But as soon as the second half came, started, it was fine. And this was obviously before the Hibs game, so there was never any chance of him keeping his place anyway, no. but Dewey I'm being cup-tied. So, um, yeah, yeah, it'll be good to see him going forward. I'm just glad he's finally got that debut out of the way. Yeah, it was an easy, easy enough game for him to come in. A team yeah. at the bottom of the league, home game during the week. I think a few people thought we could rack up a good score, but they're no mugs defensively no, compared, right, yeah. compared to Aberdeen the previous week. <laughs> well, it just shows what you can do if you've got a compact system where everybody knows what they're doing instead of just running about after yeah. players, basically. They were very compact. But as soon as the second half started, I think it was another Lennon rocket at half-time. Look, you need to move the ball quicker. Everything needs to be done quicker to break this down because they are sitting in and the goal right after half-time just absolutely kills Simmering. It's one of those games, wasn't it? One yeah. of those games where we've seen it dozens and dozens, hundreds of times before, but it's one of those midweek games where... Yeah, it certainly don't have the eye off the ball by any means, but it's one of those ones where it's just it's going to be a difficult one. It's going to be tricky to break a team down, and eventually it was it was always going to come because the, Celtic are scoring goals. The stats somewhat told their own story. Celtic finished the game with sixty seven percent possession. Yeah, so yeah. absolutely dominated. Twenty four shots on goal, only nine managed to hit the target right enough. Um, There's not been many league games this this season. Last season we were going into the last ten five minutes and games were lining we were needing late goals, yeah. but. We haven't had that this season. There hasn't been that time where the crowd's really, really on the the fact the fans are on the, the team's back because we've been getting goals at good times. We've been opening up teams, and once we get that one, the floodgates open as well. The first goal here again, it's Elianusi and Christie both fighting to get that ball over the line, both inside the six yard box. Christie makes a bit of a mess of it after Edward's shot hits the post, but there's Elianusi to finish it. Just guys getting into goal scoring positions, and teams like St. Mirren can't deal with it. James Forrest, um, regular listeners will know that we've made quite a, wee, a joke recently of his inability to shoot with his left foot. Um, he'd done it against Hibs and we got a glimpse into why he doesn't shoot often with his left foot because <laughs> yeah. he could generate almost no power on it. Um, but he did score a goal with his left foot here and as such was rewarded with a new four-year contract. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And on the goal itself... Um, People were getting in touch, or people were tweeting us after they did it to say, oh, see, he scores with his left foot, silence in 20-minute terms. No, no, that's what we asked for. <laughs> that's what we encouraged. We didn't say he couldn't do it. We just we said he should be doing that more often. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's, he's clearly able to score with his left foot. It just favours that absurd outside of the right foot thing. But the contract thing... Uh, never really in doubt, was no, it? I think no. he spoke during the week. I think he spoke before this game about how really it was just a case again. It's signed. He's been working. I think they'd been working on it for several weeks, maybe even months before. It was always just going to be a case of image rights for that book, mate. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it was always just going to be a case of. Uh, oh, in fact, you know what? They must be gutted. They've released this Bruni DVD, and he, then he goes and scores two goals. Uh, that could have been a wee, a wee tacked on the end there. Um, Raise a bonus this next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, good news for James Forrest. It's not like um, when Tom Rogic signed his contract, um, his new five-year one, I was really surprised because I'd kind of resigned myself to the fact that he might leave or mm. someone might, might come from. But when James Forrest signs a new contract, much like Scott Brown, I'm just like, eh, yeah, kind of, kind of thought that would happen. So I'd, we'd just move on. But it's very good news. Um, you can basically just see him playing out the rest of his career at Celtic. He doesn't seem at all interested in moving on. You'd think, you would think. Yeah. Um, that win helped Celtic maintain their lead at the top of the league. So that's the League Cup final. Still top of the league. Looking good in Europe. And that's yeah. where we head to next. Uh, Lazio. Did you see the travelling fans advice that came out from Celtic? Wow, yes, I it, did, yeah. It's like a prison visit. <laughs> yeah. You turn up here with ID, you get shipped to the stadium, you may watch the game, but you're not allowed to bring any bags then you wait in the stadium for an hour and get shipped back somewhere. Right. So at the start of the silence of the lambs, it's like, do not touch, <laughs> right, do not approach the glass at any under any circumstances. Keep to the right. It's it is a ridiculous state of affairs that you know that the club find themselves and the fans will find themselves in. Um, Coming for their fans as well. I know. I, I, well, it's probably for our own benefit more than anything else. You still want Celtic to go there and put on a right good show, though. This none of this will affect the team. None of this will affect the performance on the pitch. You would think. No, no, definitely not. Um, obviously, things will be tense um, over there with the fans. I don't think I've really seen much 
anything approaching this before in terms of warnings to fans. I think it's it all seems very very serious. Um, I don't mean serious in terms of like trouble is already happening. I just mm. mean in terms of the the literature that's been sent yeah. out by by Celtic. It all seems very. And I suppose as a podcasters we've listened, you know, without being a, a, a dab about it. <laughs> Probably listen to that advice. Do your best to at least try and follow it. Aye, joking aside, stay safe out there, yeah. kids. Honestly, um, because Celtic are obviously, at least on the surface of things, quite worried about the, yeah. the safety of the fans over there. So, so I would probably take a note. I think going into this one, I was speaking to some of the boys after the game on Saturday. It's kind of a free hit for Celtic. We've done better than I thought we would in the three games. Seven points is a great, great. Uh, Name a target. I don't think we'd have asked for that. No, that would no. have been the best case scenario. But to go into this game, as long as we get a decent performance and we don't come away with an absolute beefing, we should be all right. As long as we can keep keep the performance up and it doesn't make us take a hit in the league going into Sunday, because we've got this game, we've got Motherwell, then there's that international break. You don't want to go out there, get pumped by Lazio and then you go into this Motherwell game thinking oh let's get this one out of the way before the international yeah. break and that's when points can be dropped but I think going into it we should be confident we should go there and we should give them a really good game I'm, I'm looking forward to it yeah. I'm not I'm not fearful of it like I have been in the past going into European games and I think Lenny might switch up and go free at the back for this one you think so? I uh, think well so. there's probably cause to do it because it worked very well um, in the home the home version um, you do know what my worry is don't you? What's that? Lewis Morgan up front, like we saw at the end of the St Mirren game. Worse. <laughs> what? Johnny Hayes will be in there. Oh, it, Listen, I think we just need to accept that Johnny Hayes is going to be in most match day squads now until the... You just laugh, but see when Jenny, Johnny Hayes pings one onto the <laughs> head of Lewis Morgan, who bullets, <laughs> bullets in a header to, to win away Look, the Lazio. I can tell you he's both nervous about the Johnny Hayes thing. Let me just say that I heard that he's not getting his contract renewed and it's up at the end of the season. So... Only a couple more months of Johnny. Only another Hayes. forty games to go. Then it's <laughs> shocking, shocking way to speak about a Celtic player. Your pair. Um, I don't. I don't know about a free hit because do you not think Celtic may be looking at this and go three points here and we've more or less guaranteed ourselves into the next round? Yeah, that is best case scenario. But have Celtic won in Italy before? Hmm. It's a very tall order. I think if we got out of here with a draw, it'd be an absolutely smashing result. Yeah. And Lazio, I don't know how they'll play it. They did change it in the first game. They've had a couple of decent results since then. They went away at AC Milan, obviously not the team they used to be, but beat them 2-1 at the weekend, getting a last-minute goal, so they'll be buoyed by that. I think if we get a decent performance and we could get out of there with a draw, everybody would be absolutely delighted because that that could pretty much eliminate Lazio and we could see if Cluj takes something off Ren, Ren are pretty much out as well, which bodes well for us in the the last home game before eh, after the Lazio game. Of course we'll be covering the game in the famous match companion um for the Patreons where we will be doing every away game in Europe this year and big domestic games that we don't get along to. Yeah. And that's that. Um we have entered the any other business section of the podcast. Now we do have a bit of other business here. Martin Melly, you have signed up as our representative. We're sending a special envoy to the Celtic Park Sleep Out. Yes. Um, which is a charity event for the Celtic Foundation where you will be sleeping outside underneath the lights at Celtic Park one night. What's new? Yep. yep. It's an average <laughs> weekend for me. As if you don't spend enough time at Celtic Park. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know, enough time freezing my nuts off there, I <laughs> get to stay all night and do it, so I will be absolutely Baltic that night, but it's for a good cause, yes. and you can donate, we will put the link up on the Twitter, and please give me some pennies. Yes, we're going to put the link up on the Twitter, we will donate, Stephen, I'll donate, you'll yes, donate, yeah. 28 Minute Tims will donate, and if the listeners want to donate and help uh, Melee raise money for the Celtic Foundation, which is a very, very worthwhile cause... And just a final shout out for our Patreon, it's a service that lets you support the podcast in return for extra content slash podcasts. Um, I suppose we, we should mention History Boys Abroad, and yes. I'm looking forward to this one. <laughs> yeah, well as we record this, it's obviously the Monday Night Podcast, and tomorrow, so Tuesday, we'll see the return 
of History Boys Abroad with a, one of their fine uh, history-based podcasts. And on this occasion, they have done a deep dive into the career of one Charles Patrick Mulgrew. Oh, <laughs> be still my beating heart. <laughs> yeah, Shame. so I'm looking forward to getting that out. That'll be great, as always. I'm acting like this is a surprise, but I've, I've forced Gilly to do this. <laughs> turned up outside his door with a big record, with a big, uh, big tape deck thing. <laughs> Um, no, I'm looking forward to that one, yep. and I'm going to tag Charlie McGrew in it mm-hmm. from the 20 Minute Times account every opportunity I get um, to see if he likes it and maybe wants to come on the podcast. Yeah. Um, and on that stalkerish bombshell, <laughs> um, we shall wind up. Thank you very much uh, to you guys for listening. If you like us and you want to listen to us on other platforms, we're on Spotify, we're on the Celtic News Now app. Um, and if you like this podcast, you can leave us a nice review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.